Hi, and welcome to the Vancouver Life Podcast. This podcast is created to answer the most talked about questions when it comes to navigating the Vancouver real estate market. I'm your host, Dan Wartell, a licensed agent and accredited real estate investment advisor based here in Vancouver, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Dash. Hi, Dan. I'm also a local realtor, an exhausted father of two, husband of one, and really happy to be here. Let's get right into today's episode. In this episode, we are going over the June stats for the Greater Vancouver Real Estate Board here. They've just come out hot off the press and things are changing. There is always lots to touch on. And in this episode, definitely a few surprises, uh, including we saw prices do something they have not done in about six months here. So we're going to get right into this. And of course, if you want to know how to navigate the upcoming marketplace, whether you're looking to buy or sell, invest or both, well, Ryan and I, we sell over 100 homes per year and we would happily meet up with you and talk about how you can best strategize for the upcoming marketplace. Just reach out below. You can uh, book a meeting with us on that Calendly link. So let's dive right into it. June 2023 real estate stats for Vancouver. We always start with the sales numbers because the sales kind of talk about or demonstrate almost the health of the marketplace, if you will. What is the volume of people buying and selling real estate? Well, last month in June, we saw 2,988 homes sell. Well, how does that stack up? Compared to last June, a year ago, it was actually 21% more homes sold last month than a year ago. And that's a pretty significant number. But let's keep in mind, June of last year was when the market was going down and rates were going up and everybody just kind of paused. So understandably, with things even as high as they are interest rate wise, people seem to have definitely absorbed all of that and are back into more of a buying pattern, if you will. Sales are down compared to last month by about 14%. Fairly typical. We often see June be uh, kind of the beginning of the summer months where sales volumes do tick lower. But let's also remember, we did see that largely surprise rate hike come in last month, which would have put a few people on the sidelines as well that may have otherwise considered a purchase. And lastly, looking to the larger picture here, the 10-year average, overall sales were about 8.5% below the 10-year average, which again is not adjusted for population growth. Not too surprising there. Again, uh, we still have extremely low inventory. So to have less sales volumes overall is, is to be completely expected in this type of landscape. Yeah. And to follow that up with uh, new listings. <clears throat> so new listings in June, 5,348. That is a 1.3% increase over June of 2022. So a little bit more new listings coming on there again, a little bit, uh, uh, I guess the sentiment is a lot better, like Dan mentioned, than it was of June last year. Uh, this is only 0.5% lower than the previous month. And only the second time this year where month over month sales volume has actually declined. So where do we stand comparatively speaking to the 10 year seasonal average? Well, we're 3% below that. And if I were you, Thinking historically here and looking back on how the market typically acts over this period, uh, you could expect listings to continue to decline throughout July and especially August. It's a typical summer trend and come the fall, we will likely see a larger increase at that point. So a lot of people just away right now doing other things. Their focus typically doesn't fall on 
on real estate, especially when it's 35 degrees outside. So with those new listings, where does that sit with inventory, which has been absolutely the story dating back to about January of this year? Well, we ticked above 9,000 active units for the first time in six months. It has been the flattest line of uh, of uh, inventory data we've all basically ever seen since the data started being collected. So 9,325 odd active listings today. And while we have seen six consecutive months of increases, it's still, like I said, it's only just cracked 9,000 for that first time in six months. We're only up about 1,800 units total hmm. over the last six months. So even with 12 month high in new listings, demand kept uh, overall inventory very flat, as you can see here. How does it compare to last year? Well, inventory is down from last year, about 8% lower than June. And we are well, well below that 10 year average. So about 17% below the 10 year average, again, not adjusted for population growth. And when we've had two years in a row here of record population growth, that reduction in inventory is really felt both on the rental side and of course on the resale side. So expect in the coming months here, continued low inventory throughout our summer months here. Um, we may see, well, we've got the interest rate announcement happening next week being July the 12th. Should there be a hike, then maybe some people will be forced to offload. Again, I think this would largely be seen in the investment sort of uh, class of real estate because people that are sort of right at the edge now of maybe their investment property, either being cash flow negative or way too cash flow negative, and they're really feeling that pinch, we're starting to sort of hear stories of people wanting to offload that type of inventory. So obviously largely condos is what most investors buy. But again, overall, if you've been kind of waiting for that inventory to come this year to see what you want to buy, it doesn't look like it's coming. Right, Six months in a row, we're barely seeing inventory tick up by a couple hundred units a month, and that's for all of GVRD here. So realistically, we're not going to see a spike um, by any means here. So the current reality that we're in for low inventory looks to be the same-ish for at least the next quarter moving forward. Yeah, and I, I mean, we can talk about it on another pod, but that further uh, it makes it more difficult as well when developers are pulling back on projects and they're not carrying inventory, leaving, you know, more and more people with fewer and fewer goods. Um, and eventually that continues to have an effect on price. But then we've got the variable of the Bank of Canada and who knows what's going to happen on July 12th. Right now, based on everything I'm reading, it's anyone's guess. So, um, that said, um, let's take a look at the sentiment in the marketplace. So we'll take a look at the sales to active ratio. Again, this ratio tells us whether we're in a buyer's market, a balanced market, or a seller's market. Just for reference, zero to 12%, you're in a buyer's market, 12 to 20%, you're in a balanced market, and anything above 20% for a sustained period of three months, you're in a seller's market. So the overall, the uh, sales to active ratio right now is 31.5%. So very healthy seller's market. However, that is down seven and a half percent. That's the first decrease in five months, which, uh, you know, somewhat expected in the summertime. Uh, generally speaking, however, seven and a half percent is, you know, when you look at a 31% sales to active ratio, it's about, you know, it's a 25% drop. It's a significant drop. Uh, so if I break it down by asset class here, uh, detached homes are sitting at 21%. So, you know, 
that's down seven and a half percent from the previous month. And that is almost back to a balanced marketplace for detached homes. We're looking at condos and townhomes. So let's look at townhomes next 38.5% down six and a half percent from the previous month. However, still a very strong seller's market at nearly 40%. Condos sitting at the highest at 39.5% down a total of 6%. So all things said and done, still in a healthy seller's market. However, a bit of a downward trend. I would say that's typical for our seasonal adjustment. But that being said, if the Bank of Canada continues its rate hikes uh, next week, we could see these numbers fall even further. So with a strong seller's market and with this low inventory, kind of obvious what happened with prices but you have to dissect it and look deeper because as we mentioned last month hpi was going to go up again in june and it has and and we kind of know this if you will because the hpi is a lagging indicator when we look at median and average which were really strongly to the upside the previous couple of months so here we go hpi is catching up hpi has increased for the sixth month in a row now uh, increasing by another $15,000 last month. It increased by 1.3%, which interestingly was the exact same percentage increase it did back in May as well. So your average home compared to the HPI uh, index pricing just crossed $1.2 million again. We're at $1,203,000 is the price of your average home here. And it has crossed that $1.2 million price threshold for the first time in 12 months. And this is what's really amazing too. If, and, and you can go back to the episode where we made our price predictions back in January, where we were way off because I will tell you, uh, we actually thought prices were going to go down the first few months of the year. Well, they've done the exact opposite. In the first six months of 2023, if you reference the HPI pricing metric, homes are up 8% already this year. That equates to over $90,000. So if in January the 1st, you bought the uh, typical HPI priced average home at $1,112,000, well, today's value, like we said, $1,203,000. So you're basically up $90,400 in six months. I don't know now, if I could have made that prediction, Dan. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if I anybody did. And keep in mind, right, this is when <laughs> rates were still increasing and prices were heading mm. down, right, basically until December. Yeah. So we are still lower than last year, right? The year over year price is down, but only down by two and a half percent now. So that gap is closing, if you will. And if you want to look back to the peak when prices were all time last April of 2022, we're only down 4% from that peak. Hmm. So again, HPI is a lagging metric, uh, sorry, a lagging indicator. So let's look at the other metrics to get an idea of what might be coming next, because this was a bit of a surprise and especially when it comes to the actual size the actual number i'm going to share here so the median prices actually decreased for the first time in six months and this is kind of like a reoccurring theme theme here like we're saying first time in five months first time in six months so the market is clearly changing when a number of metrics are changing so median actually dropped twenty three thousand dollars last month down to nine hundred and fifty seven thousand and similar to that the average price of a home dropped as well, down $41,000 to $1,270,000. That was the first decrease in that metric in five months. So what is going to happen next here? Well, 
HPI, as it catches up to what just happened this month and the month before, it's likely going to go flat. You know what I mean? For, for the July stats and, and August, you might see a slight uh, peel off to the downside. Potentially, we don't know yet here. And again, it doesn't really matter what prices do in the next coming months, because as we always say, if you're going to buy a home, look at it as a five to seven plus year uh, investment at a minimum. But anyway, it, that's all case by case. So median and average, uh, man, I, I honestly think they're going to do somewhat similar. I don't think we're going to see a huge drop. I don't think we're going to see an increase. You can expect them to go semi flat line for the next couple months here. Barring, again, what do we have next week? A rate announcement. We look what just happened in the States today. We're recording this on Thursday, July the 6th, and they're pricing in something like an 86 to 90% chance of a hike down south. And so Canada's kind of feeling that pressure too. We've almost got inflation under control, as they say, but hey, there's more um, predictions, if you will, within the marketplace that rates will be hiked a quarter point next week. So obviously that can further restrict people's confidence and sentiment, if nothing else. You know, yes, they're buying power and all that stuff aside. If they're feeling like this is going to get worse, they're not going to buy houses. Inventory will slowly tick up. Less people are buying, less competition. That typically pushes prices down. Ryan, what's your take on that? Yeah, I I wish the Bank of Canada would largely lean on leading indicators when it comes to make, making rate hike decisions, but they unfortunately look at lagging indicators. So I think they're going to look at this HPI price, for example, and say, holy cow, you know, prices are up 8%. We still got to clamp this down, right? And I, I'm just of the mind that when I look back at most of Tiff Macklem's comments over the last year, when he started raising, it was a function of saying, you know, they're effectively going to stop it next to nothing to, to squish inflation. So I feel like until we see GDP growth and flatlining inflation, that's when we're start, we're going to start to see rate actually turn uh, and go maybe, maybe to the cuts. But I don't think we're anywhere near that right now, unfortunately. Uh, you know, and then you add in the pressure of what's happening, not just in the States, but around the world too. I mean, if you look at the UK right now, they're suffering tremendously with, with high inflation. So it's a, it's a, it's, it's a Canada problem for sure, but it's, it's also a, a, a global problem. And I don't think, I don't think banks are done yet, including the Bank of Canada. So I believe that we're largely going to see. Uh, the average and medium price maybe continue a bit of a trend downwards over the next few months. However, come September, you know, we typically see much better quality listings. We see other people getting back into the market after the summertime. So there's going to be some, some level of boost there. To what degree? I, I don't know. I think it's anyone's guess at this point. So, uh, you know, and, and speaking to that, um, I'll touch on the days on market here because it's sitting at only nine and that's the same as last month. And this is a very, very low number. Eight is the all time low, right? Um, and we only ever saw that for five months dating back to 2005. So houses right now, they're still selling in about a week, generally speaking. Uh, however, I think over July, over August, maybe into September, depending on what happens with the Bank of Canada, I have to say that with almost every prediction now, uh, I think you'll see this increase. 
So, yeah, I also want to extrapolate a little bit too on what you mentioned about the, the, the Bank of Canada here and sort of their lagging data that they appear to reference. Because let's, let's remind people too, inflation was over 6% here in Canada before they mm. started raising in this last hike cycle. 6%. Like it was very obvious it was above the 2 to 3% threshold for yeah. months and months. And then also, uh, in, interestingly enough, prices that had been ripping in the real estate market 20, 30% in some areas annually, uh, we had actually peaked basically in, in uh, February of last year. And there's a lot of data to help support that. And they started increasing rates in March after mm -hmm. that. So again, there was just so much information. Like this is after a two-year cycle. This is when prices were up 30 to 40% in a lot of areas before they decided, oh, this thing's going a little too fast. So it mm -hmm. had actually naturally slowed down before they had started increasing rates. And the reason we're, we're discussing this is because they're looking to get inflation under control. They're what, 0.4% from getting it into the 2 to 3% band that they said they're targeting. And yet mm -hmm. they're considering raising next week when the hikes have obviously pushed the inflation metric down. Like the what they have done has clearly worked, if you will. And so why they're why they're throwing kind of fuel on the fire, while we obviously don't have all the information they do, it does seem to be misguided, and it does just feel there seem to be an overcorrection. And we're, and we're hearing more and more of that on, on a number of channels here. So it, it's interesting. They have so many intelligent people working for them. They being the Bank of Canada, and of course down south in the Fed, and yet you know. Inflation was transitory. Wrong, you know, and we can we can beat that, you know, to death here. But at the end of the day, <laughs> it's it feels like we can see what's going on, and lots of other, you know, semi-intelligent people like us can see what's going on. And yet, they're likely going to overcorrect here, and then maybe push that into a recession, and, and maybe cause a lot more people a lot more pain than they originally intended. So, I, I don't know. I, I hope they hold at a minimum next week. But um, again, I, markets are pricing in a hike. So I do too. I hope they hold as well. But I I just don't think they will. I think the Bank of Canada has a history of overcorrecting in these scenarios as well. Uh, when you look down south and you look at Janet Yellen, who's got she's the, the head of the treasury down there, and she's got 250 PhDs that work for her. She couldn't get transitory inflation correct. Yet, you know, when you have, if you're a, a Keynesian economist, you, you believe in, in increasing money supply. And if you're Austrian economics, you've got a different perspective. But ultimately, when you add fuel to the fire and you create more money supply and you've got more and more people chasing fewer and fewer goods, you get inflation. I, it, I don't think it's a, it's not a humongous uh, equation. It's not that complicated. And I, and it's just disappointing, um, you know, that it didn't come out sooner and that it, people didn't act quicker. But that being said, you look at the history of these things, the banks have a, a tendency to overcorrect, then they'll start cutting rates and it'll continue on this bit of a roller coaster, if you will, until, until you start to get GDP growth with flatter inflation, which I'm not sure we're, we're near that yet. Right. Yeah. We've, we've seen inflation come down for 12 full months here now, yeah. 12 months. And so, you know, clearly, and, and as we know too, it takes time for rate hikes to take effect. So it's not like it took until 12 months ago for that. Okay. Yeah, sure. We're finally at four and a quarter percent for this to start working. It, mm -hmm. it was the, you know, five hikes, six hikes prior to that, that mm -hmm. were finally taking effect. So to be again, uh, basically 0.4% off of the 
the high end of the target and to consider an increase when we're already here. Uh, again, it seems extreme. We'll see how it all washes out. Let's let's keep in mind too, right? They could raise by a point or like a full 100 bips like they did last year. They could also drop by that much should things get extreme. So they love to make it a roller coaster <laughs> instead of a <laughs> merry-go-round, I guess. So yeah, that's, uh, I think think that's what we have uh, for everybody this week. So again, lots of interesting things happening in the marketplace as always. Summer's here. Markets are going to move. They're going to move slower. But again, this underlying low inventory environment is going to, I think, kind of keep prices stabilized, meaning they're not going to move up or down to any dramatic mark here. But um, as always, we will keep you well updated. Thanks as always for tuning in and have an awesome day. That wraps up this edition of the Vancouver Life Podcast. For more information on this podcast and to access a ton of free downloads, investment opportunities, current market info, and homes for sale, you can find it all at www.thevancouverlife.com. Thanks, and we look forward to bringing you more podcasts about Vancouver real estate.